Would you Exodus chapter 5 is where we'll get started. Now, in my message a couple of Sunday mornings ago, Ezra, Ezra prayed when he found that there was a problem with the people of Israel and really that they just, they just allowed the world to influence them. And they did not look at something that God restricted, that God said do not do. They didn't look at that with, with a concern of pleasing the Lord. They just was only concerned was pleasing themselves. And as a result, they were completely out of the will of God. And Ezra had prayed, and he spent time talking to the Lord about that matter. And there was a group of people who loved the Word of God, understood the Word of God, and they joined Ezra in praying. And one of the questions that I had that Sunday morning is who will... Who will join with their pastor in praying for their church and praying for their community that God could do, that God could bring us very close to Him and that greater days are ahead? And that is going to begin with God's people praying. Um, I am convinced the Lord has taught me in the last couple of years more in my life about the importance of prayer than anything else. And that's where the power of God, I believe, begins. And it's not just preparing a message or a sermon to preach and, and being true to the Word of God and studying and, and being diligent in that, which is very, very important. But it's also very important to spend time praying and seeking God's power upon everything. I read somewhere, I don't remember where I read it, I've been reading so much in the last couple of weeks, I read somewhere where Charles Spurgeon had made the statement. Uh, someone asked why God blessed his ministry, and he said, because my people pray for me. And, and that, that was a very humble and honest statement. Okay, And we know what great ministry Charles Spurgeon had. So, tonight, I want us to look at the subject of following the Lord's leading in Exodus chapter 5. And I want to be brief tonight. And uh, I don't want to go into a lengthy sermon. I just want to point us in the direction that we could be praying this evening. So, let's begin in Exodus 5 verse 1. We'll read down to verse 9. And uh, we'll look at uh, this passage and some other verses. And afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. And they said, The God of the Hebrews hath met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days' journey into the desert, and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. 
And the king of Egypt said unto them, Wherefore do ye, Moses and Aaron, let the people from their works? Get you unto your burdens. And Pharaoh said, Behold, the people of the land now are many, and ye make them rest from their burdens. And Pharaoh commanded the same day the taskmasters of the people and their officers, saying, Ye shall no more give the people straw to make brick as heretofore. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. And the tally of the bricks which they did make heretofore, ye shall lay, a ho- lay upon them. Ye shall not diminish aught thereof, for they be idle. Therefore they cry, saying, Let us go and sacrifice to our God. Let their more work be laid upon the men, that they may labor therein, and let them not regard vain words. Father, bless your word tonight as we get in the scriptures. You have something for us tonight. You've given me something to help me, and I just want to relay that to your church. And I pray tonight that we'll take this matter of following your leading very seriously. And I pray that you'll do wonders among us, we pray tonight, in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We look at verse number 1. Israel had been in bondage, right, in the nation of Egypt. They've been in captivity. They, the Pharaoh recognized that they were growing in number. And so they decided to place heavy burdens upon the people. They began to cry out to God. God, deliver us from this bondage. Send us a deliverer. And God chooses Moses to be that deliverer. And Moses is a little skittish at first. He's a little concerned. He doesn't feel like he's worthy. And so God gives him Aaron to be his helper and Aaron his brother. And so they come back to Egypt and now they're standing before Pharaoh. And they deliver this important message. And that is this. Let my people go. Let us go. Let them be free. Let them go and serve me. That's what the Lord wants. Let my people be free. And Pharaoh's response in verse number 2 is the same response that Satan would offer to anyone who is trying to walk with the Lord. The first thing he does is he questions, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? Who is God, he wants to know, first of all. Who is this Lord that you're talking about? And secondly, why should I obey his voice? And he confesses in the next verse, or at the end of the verse, I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. Satan is not going to let God's people go easily. Okay? It's always going to be a battle. He's not just going, it's not going to be just, you know what, today I want to serve the Lord and I'm going to walk with the Lord. There's always going to be some sort of obstacle that will get in the way. Our schedule, our calendar, our flesh, our our laziness, something will get in the way and, and, and seek to hinder our walking with God and following Him. The Lord says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, I don't know your Lord. 
And I'm not letting the people go. In fact, he seeks to cause doubt in the word of God. Because he says, why should I obey his voice to let Israel go? I really, Pharaoh is saying, I don't care what God's word has to say. And so maybe you got a boss who's that way. All right? Maybe you got a coworker who's that way. Maybe there's someone in your life. They don't care if you go to church. They don't care about your Bible reading. They don't care about your desire to serve the Lord. They've got a responsibility, and they don't know the Lord, and they don't care, and they're not going to let you go that easily. And so Satan will tend to hinder us and what God wants to do in our life. In fact, at the end of verse number 9... He refers to God's word as vain words. And so he, he tells the people, let them not regard vain words. So in his mind, what God said is vanity, it's worthless. And then I want us to look again at verse 3 through 9. Because they said, Moses and Aaron come back and they tell him what the Lord said. God met with us. He says, let us go, we pray thee, three days' journey into the desert and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with sword. And the king of Egypt said, wherefore do ye, Moses and Aaron, let the people from their works get you unto your burdens? He's saying, you're, you're lazy. You've got too much time on your hands. This church going, this Bible reading, this, this thing that you're wanting to do as far as following God. It's, it's a waste of time. And if you've got that much time on your hands, then I'm just going to increase your burden. I'm going to give you more labor to do. Rather than providing you the straw to make your tally of bricks every day, I'm going to make you go get your own straw. And it increased the burden upon the people. And the principle to that is this. Attempting to live in the will of God is never going to be easy. But neither is living a life in opposition of the will of God. Okay? God, it's not going to be an easy road. You get saved, it's, it doesn't mean everything is going to be easy from here on out. Sometimes living in the will of God is hard. Sometimes it draws attention to yourself that you would rather not for people to look at you. Sometimes it causes you to say no when everybody else is saying yes. Sometimes living the will of God is not hard. But I promise you this, going opposite of the will of God is not easy either. And so we have to, we have to choose our heart. We've got to choose what path that we want to take. Do I want to, do I want to go the hard path? That leads me to God's blessing. If nothing else, maybe everyone else forsakes me. But if it leads me to God's blessing, am I, would I rather go that route? Or would I rather go to the, the route where everybody is on my side and everybody likes me and everybody's good? And the truth is, they're not really that good to you. That's why you wanted to get out of Egypt to begin with, right? So we have to choose which way we want to go. Yeah, God sent Moses to deliver the people, and Moses goes to Pharaoh, and he says, let my people go. But Pharaoh's just not going to bow down that easily to the word of God or even the power of God. He is, God is going to have to do some things in his life until he finally surrenders. Let's go back to verse number 1 of Ezra 5. 
He says, let my people go that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. Seven times the Lord instructs Pharaoh to let his people go that they may serve him. He says it here in verse 1. Let my people go that they may hold a feast. Look with me. You can, you can mark these verses. Look in, in chapter 7 in verse number 16. Thou shalt say unto him, The Lord sent me unto thee, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. Look in chapter 8, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, Go unto Pharaoh, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Look at verse 20 of chapter 8. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning, and stand before Pharaoh. Lo, he cometh forth to the water, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Chapter 9, verse number 1. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Go in unto Pharaoh, and tell him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Verse 13 of chapter 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, Rise up early in the morning, and stand before the Pharaoh, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, Let my people go, that they may serve me. And then look at chapter 10 in verse number 3. He says, And Moses and Aaron came in unto Pharaoh, and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of the Hebrews, How long wilt thou refuse to humble thyself before me? Let my people go, that they may serve me. Here is the point tonight. God wanted to deliver Israel out of bondage for the purpose, not only to get them out of bondage, but so that they would serve him. And so it is important for us to recognize this, that God chooses to save us by his grace, not by something that we deserve, but he has a purpose for our life. And that, Ronnie, is that is for us to serve him. It is not about getting saved and then that is it. It is about finding a place where we can serve the Lord. Turn your Bible with me tonight to Ephesians chapter 2. Let's look at a couple of references here tonight. Ephesians 2, you know verses 8 and 9. You probably know them by heart. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves... It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But then look what it also says in verse number 10. I like, I, I recently, I was probably on a Facebook post somewhere, I don't, I don't remember where it was, but somebody says, I'm thankful that God saved us by his grace and not by our works so that we're not in heaven listening to how everybody got there. Praise the Lord for that, right? The only way we get there, everybody's going to say we got here because through the blood of Jesus Christ. Right? That's the only way we're going to get there. But he does say in verse number 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So, yes, we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace but we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. In other words, God has something for each of us to do. There is a place of service. And so he wants to, he, he, he cries out to Satan, let my people go. Remove the bondage of sin. 
And now that sin is removed on the cross of Calvary and the blood that Jesus shed. And, and, he, and he saves us. And he saves us for the purpose that he has something for us to do. Go, go to your right and go to the book of Titus. Titus chapter 2. The Lord told Pharaoh to let my people go. Israel was God's chosen people. But every sinner whom Christ has redeemed is also a set-apart people. Titus 2 verse 13. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. Let my people go. That's what he does. He redeems us from all iniquity, pays the debt of our sin, washes us clean, purifies unto himself a peculiar people, a set-apart people, a sanctified people, zealous of good works. There is a place of service that God has for us. Go to Revelation chapter number 4. And there you'll see John's revelation that he gives to us. Very important verse in verse number 11. Where John writes, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things... And for thy pleasure they are and were created. All things are created to please the Lord. That is our purpose. And so, Greg, God saves us by his grace, but he's got something for Greg Bradford to do. He's got something for Cristaloni to do. He has something for everyone to do. So how good are we at serving the Lord and at pleasing him? How good are we at doing that? Because just coming to church is not, that's not the, coming to church is part of our worship, right? It's part of our growing. It's part of our discipleship. But there's also got to be a place where we're serving. We're actively involved in serving our God because that's what he's called us to do. And if, if, if that wasn't the case, we'd just go to heaven and that'd be the end of it. He's got something for Steve Holsenbach that only Steve Holsenbach can do. He's got something for you. So he's, he cries out, let my people go that they may serve me. Well, how do we even know what to do? Go back to Exodus and uh, go back to uh, chapter 13 of the book of Exodus. And finally, we've skipped through the plagues and Pharaoh is letting God's people go. He's no power. He's no, uh, the word of God is important to him now. He's no power over God. Exodus 13, look at the last three verses, beginning in verse 20. It says, and when, they, when they were leaving Egypt, verse 19, they took the bones of Joseph with them, as Joseph prophesied. And in verse 20, they took their journey from Sukkoth and encamped at Etham in the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of a cloud to lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day 
nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Let my people go that they may serve me, God says. Well, now they're let go. Where are they going? What am I supposed to do? I'm, I'm, Pharaoh's letting me go. I, I'm saved. Okay, I'm saved. The, I don't even understand it, but God's power, God's spirit has indwelled me. When I got saved, when I accepted Christ as my Savior, God took residence in my life and my body became the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you probably didn't even know that when you got saved. You were just happy to be forgiven of your sins and, and know you got a place in eternity in heaven. You don't even know all of that stuff. So what now? What does God have for me? What do I do? How, how do I know what to do? Well, the people of Israel, they don't know where to go. Where, where do we go? What do we do? Well, God doesn't just leave them to figure it out on their own. He leads them where he wants them to go. And by day, there's a cloud that leads them. And by night, there's a pillar of fire. And it never goes away. He took not away the pillar of the cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from before the people. When it was still, they stopped. When it moved, they moved. They had to learn what it was to follow the leading of the Lord. How, what, how do I follow God? How do I do that? What does that look like? I hear preachers say that. What does that look like? How do, I, how do I learn to follow the Lord that I know how to serve Him and what it is exactly that He wants me to do? Well, as believers, we're led by God's Spirit in connection with the Word of God. We get saved, every believer is indwelled with the Spirit of God. In other words, Cason, you're going to get, when you got saved, you got all of God you're going to get. Okay? You don't have to ask for a, another special dose. He took residence in your life. We've got to make a decision. Are we going to let the Spirit lead us, or are we going to let the deceitfulness of our flesh lead us? Every day we have to make that decision. And so we are led either by God's Spirit or we're led by God's Spirit in connection with the Word of God because God's Spirit will never contradict His Word. So the Bible says in Psalm 119, 105, what's it say? Somebody give it to me. Thy Word is what? A lamp unto my feet and a what? And a light unto my path, right? We live in a world of darkness. When we get saved, we just come out of darkness into light. It's, all, it's a whole new world to us. Where do I go from here? All I've ever known is darkness. Where do I go from here? Well, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's not that bright, shining light that shows us what our life is going to look like 20 years down the road. You know, the big spotlight that you can shine. And you can see way off in the distance very clearly. That's not God's word. It's a lamp unto my feet. It shows me right where I'm at. Okay? And as I take a step, it, everywhere I step, it shows me where I'm at and what's around me. That is the word of God for us. It is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path every day. And to be led of the Spirit... We must faithfully present ourselves unto the Lord. Romans 12, verse 1. Somebody give me that verse. What's it say? Beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you do what? 
Present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now think about those words for a moment. I beseech you therefore, brethren, I'm begging you, brethren, present your bodies a living sacrifice. For Paul to say that, Paul recognizes some people aren't going to do that. Okay, everybody's not going to do that. So he's begging people to do that. So not everybody is going to present themselves a living sacrifice. You see, we talk about being filled with the Spirit of God, and Lord willing, pretty soon I'm going to preach on this in a little bit more detail. But we talk about being filled with the Spirit of God. God's indwelled us already. How am I going to be led of the Spirit of God, and how am I going to be filled with the Spirit of God? Well, this is what it's going to require, okay? It's a little bit more than just praying, God, fill me with your Spirit. This is what it's going to require, Darren. It's going to require you to be obedient to what God has already led you to do, okay? Every person, when you read the Bible, there are times where there's a special instance where God places his spirit on someone and, and, and his sovereignty and he does something special. But in most cases, when you're reading through the book of Acts, when they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they are, they are acting in response to God's leading in their life. And if we don't get to a place where we're obedient to what we know God has revealed to us, then we're never going to be led by the Spirit of God. So think of it like this. Someone just got saved yesterday and they're doing something very, very... For someone who's been saved for 20 years and has really grown in the Lord, they're doing something that to them is a big deal, but to you it may be insignificant. That's just a baby step, right? But it's all they know to do. They haven't been in the Word of God for 20 years. They haven't been taught. They don't know. And they are just as much filled with the Spirit of God as you are. Amen? And so you, we, have to, we have to get to a place where the Word of God shines a light on something God wants us to do or something He wants us to quit doing, and we determine... We determine to act in obedience to what he teaches us to do or we confess and repent from that which he teaches us to get away from. So, if you're a, if you're a Christian and the Bible just sits there most of the week and it's never opened, you are not growing in the Lord and you are, there's no way you're going to be led by the Spirit of God. Because you're not allowing God to speak to you and you're not giving yourself in a place where you can obey and follow. But you get in the Word and you read something today and God convicts you to go do something. Well, are you going to be led with the Spirit or are you going to be led by your flesh? If I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God, God's saying, go do this. Well, then I'm going to go do it. I've got to make that decision. Am I going to present my body today as a living sacrifice? Or am I just going to live unto myself? I have to make that decision. If I'm going to serve the Lord, I've got to be willing to follow His leading. Well, how is He leading me? Well, I'm reading this tonight. 
and I'm under great conviction. And I realize there's some things in my life that's not right. Five years ago, it didn't bother me, but today it bothers me. God's shown light in, on some of my darkness. And I've got to choose. Do I continue with that? Because it's something that I place high value on? Or I, do I confess it, repent of it, and get it out of my life and move forward? I have to make that decision. We all have to make that decision. We have to put ourselves in a place where the Lord is, can lead us. And to do that, we have to place value upon what God's Word is showing us each and every day, whether it's in a sermon or whether it's in a devotion or something that you read somewhere, something that God enlightens your mind and your spirit. And the Spirit of God within you says, go do it or quit doing it. And you have to decide, am I going to let the Lord lead me or not? That is when we're going to find, if, when we start taking those steps and we start disciplining our Christian life, that is when we find our place in a place of service and we can do some things that bring glory to God and we are pleasing our Savior. So this is what we're going to do tonight. All right? 7.45, I'm done. What I want us to do tonight for the rest of this service is to pray. Okay? And this is what this is going to look like. You have the prayer list tonight. Certainly those needs need to be prayed for. And I would encourage you to pray for some of those needs tonight. They're front and back. For, for all of us to understand, this is meant to take home and pray over throughout the week, not just in five minutes on a Wednesday night. It's a lengthy list. It's to go home and pray.